Welcome to the 125 Roller Coaster Challenge, Trend and Staple Podcast. This is Paul, and you know what? It's been a little bit of a break, but we are back, and it's now time for Simply the Best Part 2. Now, if you're new to Simply the Best, definitely check out episode 132 because we pretty much went through our, uh, we always go through our top 100 coasters, and in that last episode, we actually did 100 251. So th- let's be honest, this is the episode that you've been waiting for because in this episode, we're going to be talking about number 50 all the way to number one. But also, before we get started, definitely check out our YouTube channel, which can be found uh, pretty much at 125 Roller Coaster. There, where we actually have all the shorts. We did, uh, we decided to break it down a little bit there instead of doing a full length um, comparing you know, uh, 100 to 51 and 50 to 100, we decided to break it down into shorts that are basically uh, 100 to 96 and then uh, 50 to 46 and stuff like that. So you're going to get all those kind of things all put together. And uh, that's very exciting. So if you like shorts, that's where you're going to find them. So without further ado, we're going to jump right on into it here because this is where uh, we get a lot of controversy. We get a lot of comments and I really love this. So, but before we actually start, I want to give you what the last five were. So, kind of leading into this episode. So, 55 was Outlaw Run over at Silver Dollar City, uh, which is over there in um, Missouri. Uh, number 54 was American Thunder, also in Missouri at Six Flags St. Louis. Uh, number 53 was pretty much our favorite dive coaster, Griffin, over at Bush Gardens Williamsburg in Virginia. Number 52 was The Incredible Hulk. At uh, Universal Studios Islands of Adventure over there in Orlando. And very controversial that this one's actually in our top 100. But we really appreciate what Six Flags Daring Lake has been doing. And number 51 was Predator. So without further ado, we're going to go and we're going to do number 50 all the way to number 1. Once again, make sure if you're on YouTube and um, checking things out, uh, you can definitely check them out over in the shorts. We're going to do uh, Simply the Best uh, Part 1 and Part 2 also. It takes a little bit more time because we're still learning the video. But without further ado, number 50. Number 50 is The Beast over at King's Island. Now, full disclosure, we've only ever done one night ride. And we hear that the night rides on these are by far the best of any coaster. I think Voyage is also up there. But really, The Beast is supposed to be known for those night rides. We've only done that once. Also, we did not get a chance to ride it this year, and we know there's been a lot of retracking. So because of that, uh, it's at 50, but it might actually go up next year when we go back to Kings Island, and we get to ride it with the brand new retracking. At number 49 is a floorless coaster over at SeaWorld Orlando, and that is Kraken. Now, Kraken for us, it is getting rougher. It is an older B&M floorless coaster. If you're not familiar with it, you're kind of like sitting on a bar stool. Your feet are dangling down, but you are actually on top of the track, not below the track like an invert. But what we really like about Kraken is it goes over water. It's got all the great elements that B&M has for these floorless coasters, and it's just a really good layout. The one negative, the reason why it's not higher up, is it has a horrible B&M rattle. This thing definitely does vibrate a lot there, so it's not the smoothest of rides like you're used to when you get on most of the uh, floorless coasters. Number 48 is a coaster that's really dear to our heart, and it really doesn't get much love over at Hershey Park because Hershey Park has so many amazing rides that this one always tends to um, not get the love it deserves, but it's a Comet. 
The Comet is their traditional wooden coaster. It's an up and back. It has a little bit of a side area there, but it pretty much is an up and back coaster. Uh, what's great about this is it's a 42 inch, I believe, is the height requirement. So kids get to ride this with uh, their families, which is why there's always a huge line for it. But really, in the world where so many wooden coasters get rough and get really beat you up and stuff like that, Hershey Park has maintained the Comet in great condition. It was much smoother than Wildcat was. Uh, the original Wild, well, I guess not the original, the second Wildcat, the GCI Wildcat that just got taken down, uh, that one. And uh, re really, Lightning Racer was so, is like, what, 50 years younger and is in so much worse condition. What the Comet is, is just a fantastic family roller coaster at an amazing amusement park. So definitely the Comet is in the top 50. We're really happy that's at number 48. Number 47 is a ride I always go back and forth on. But you know what? I got some great rides on it this year, and it's Cheetah Hunt over at Busch Gardens Tampa. And this is a Blitz coaster, so there's not many of these, but these are made by Intamin. And what we really like about this one is the fact that it's got so many unique um, elements, and the fact that it every time you think it's starting to slow down, it hits another one of those launches and just flies out of it again. Also, the fact that this goes flying through the Serengeti section of the uh, park, it's... No matter where you're at in the park, it seems like you look over and there is Cheetah Hunt. And it's just got a really unique layout. It's something you don't see every day. And it's really, um, it's just a really solid ride. Is it one of the best rides? No, um, it's just a solid ride that never disappoints. And that's Cheetah Hunt. Number 46 is one of the shortest rides. And it's the reason why it's at 46 and not in the top 20. And that is Storm Runner over at Hershey Park. So Storm Runner is an accelerator uh, coaster from Intamin. It's got a great launch. I personally think it's much more intense than Top Thrill Dragster or King Ka, mainly because it's such a short area where it launches. So even though it only goes like maybe 50, 55 miles an hour, the intensity that you get on that straightaway and then you hit the, um, the, uh, the vertical is really intense. It's a lot more intense than the faster coasters. Um, it's got some great elements. The biggest negative is right when you really get into it, especially when you get through that uh, nosedive area, um, it, it rides over. It's just got a really small footprint. And a lot of that is because it's a launch coaster. And the space they had, Hershey really crammed this in there uh, beautifully. It's, it interacts with um, Trailblazer, the train. Uh, it goes right by the new drop towers. It just really, they really got into a nice little area there in the... Uh, by the Trailblazer area uh, in Pioneer Frontier. And it's just a really great ride. Like I said, the biggest negative is it's really short, so you don't really get to enjoy it. I mean, once you really are getting into the flow, it's done. But they always say, hey, keep your wanting more, right? So, all right, now coming in over at 45 is a favorite coaster by a lot of people. They really love this. This is the original uh, Giga Coaster. And that is Millennium Force over at Cedar Point. Now, the biggest problem I have with Cedar Point right now is that we have not been to Cedar Point in way too long. Uh, it's been about three or four years now. Um, you know, we definitely have it on our list for this next coming year because of what's going on with Top Thrill 2. They got a new mouse last year, which we never even got involved with. But when it comes to Millennium Force, it's just a really solid ride. Now, it is our least favorite Giga Coaster. And that's because it is the first. So a lot of the um, bells and whistles that you see with the newer ones aren't really there. It's uh, got a lot of speed. Definitely has a lot of speed. If you're looking for a ride that's really going to 
hit that uh, drop, uh, the drop, and just fly through the uh, intersections and everything like that, going on its own island, Millennium Island. This is definitely uh, a great one for that. But if you're looking for more bells and whistles and more airtime and lift and all that, Millennium Forces doesn't really have the airtime of the other gigas. And that's why it's at number 45. Now, number 44 is the name of a coaster we just did, but a totally different feel. And that's the Comet over at Six Flags Great Escape. Now, Six Flags Great Escape is pretty much in the middle of nowhere. Uh, you're going to go basically go to New York City and they go north. And uh, you're actually going to go past uh, Albany. You're basically going to be right at the foot of the Anirondack Mountains is this park. And because of that, we don't get out there that much. We like to uh, kind of um, come up with our trips and kind of like, you know, A goes to B, B goes to C. And there, I guess you could kind of tie it into Six Flags New England, but you got Lake Champlain right there, so it's kind of a block. So we don't get to this park often, but we always heard about how great Comet is. Now, this is a, um, not a refurb, it's more of a rebuild. It was at another park that went down, kind of like what they did with Wild One, you know, uh, Six Flags. Great Escape bought Comet, put it back together, kind of like Phoenix. And they did a fantastic job. This is definitely the highlight attraction over at um, Six Flags Great Escape. Uh, they do have a new coaster coming in. I think it's called Bobcat. But that's more of a family wooden coaster. Uh, what makes Comet really good is it goes through the cycle three or four times. So it's a very long ride for a wooden coaster. And because the height isn't that huge, it really doesn't feel like um, it should be uh, that much speed. And it really does have a lot of speed. And it really is just a great ride. Number 43 is a ride that every year we keep hearing this might be the end of it. It might be disappearing. You better get on it quick because it might disappear. I'm here to tell you that when you go to Busch Gardens Tampa, Kumba is going to be there. Now, Kumba is uh, one of the original uh, floorless coasters. Actually, it's not a floorless coaster. It's actually a looping coaster. This is before they brought in the uh, floorless type trains. So this is the traditional, you're sitting in a seat, but you're going through a lot of what makes the floorless coasters great. And here's the thing. Now, I know Kumba has been around 30, 40 years. It's one of the older B&M coasters, but they did a lot of repairs to it. So about two years ago, I remember them saying, oh, Kumba's going to disappear. It's going to be gone soon and all that. No, the last couple of rides I've gotten on Kumba have been some of the best rides I've ever had on Kumba. And because of that, even though it's an older coaster, it's been staying in the top 50 because it's just a really good ride. It's got the roar that you come to enjoy. Uh, it, it's got all the twists and turns. It's got the cobra rolls. It's got the vertical loops. It's got the corkscrews. It is just a really great ride. And it's all the way in the back of the park. So you kind of feel like you're isolated out there. There's really nothing else out there. Even the Serengeti doesn't really go that far back. So it's a nice isolated area. It's a long ride. It's a fun ride. Uh, you will get dizzy with it though. So if you do get dizzy, Definitely make sure you take your Dramamine or definitely make sure you're taking your, um, what's the word I'm looking for there? Your, well, for me, the relief band because it does have a lot of twists and turns and it does have a slight rattle, but actually, um, you know, some of these other rides like Kraken is definitely a lot more uh, B&M rattle than Kumba. At number 42 is another Giga Coaster. And this one usually, it, by most enthusiasts, it's behind Millennium Force. But for me, Leviathan 
over at Canada's Wonderland is I just enjoyed it more. Um, it's kind of a newer style. So, and well, first of all, it's the first B&M uh, Giga Coaster. So when you're trying to compare Millennium Force, which is all about speed and all about the height and all that, when you look at Leviathan, it's got a totally different feel. It's got the stats, but because it's the original B&M uh, Giga Coaster, it does have all the bells and whistles of some of the uh, ones that are coming up soon, like Fury and all those, but it's got the speed, it's got the turnaround, it's got some airtime, and it's a lot of fun. And uh, if you get a chance, definitely make sure you go up to Canada's Wonderland. We only went up once, and we did a half day there, but a lot of the time I spent there, there's like three or four credits that I never got at Canada's Wonderland, and that is because... I, w- I chose, instead of getting myself beat up on a uh, SLC or something, I said, you know what? I'm just going to ride Leviathan a couple more times. Highly recommend it. Totally not, um, totally underrated. And uh, I'd love to know in the comments, uh, do you like Leviathan better or Millennium Force? You kind of go back and forth, but for me, I like Leviathan a little bit more. At number 41 is a coaster I got to ride again this year, and I'm so excited that I got a chance to ride it again. And that is Ravine Flyer 2, over at Waldemere. Now, Waldemere is over in Erie, Pennsylvania. So, you know, if you're on your way to Niagara or Canada's Wonderland or going to Cedar Point, even Kennywood, you can kind of throw a half day, full day over at Waldemere. Now, this is by far the highlight attraction at this park. And it is considered one of the top 10, top 20 wooden coasters in the world. Now, this is the second one, the original one. Um, they had to retract because uh, somebody flew out. There's one part which really makes this ride unique, you actually go over a public road. So you actually go out of the park and you go over a main road onto another section of the park and you come back. I don't even know it's a section of the park. I think it might just be land that they own. But I rode it our first time doing the 125, so six years ago, and it was good. And it was definitely top this, top that, but it kept going farther down the line every year. Well, I'm here to tell you that Riding it again this year, we only got two rides on it this year because uh, I only did, uh, I think I did a half day because I actually thought Kanye Lake Park was still around. So I was like, I'm going to leave early and go get some filming of Kanye Lake Park. Kind of glad I did because Kanye Lake Park uh, is pretty much dead. But me walking through the property is one of our most popular videos uh, of 2023. Uh, so if you want to see an amusement park um, and how it decays, uh, definitely check out that video on our YouTube channel. But I wish I would have got a couple more rides on Ravine Flyer too, And it's just a fun ride. Uh, it's got some great airtime. It uh, definitely flies through the track. I don't even know if they have a trim brake. I'm assuming they do because most coasters have to have them. But here, if they have it, they sure the heck don't use it. Uh, we went flying through everything there. So that's number 41. So we're, um, we're into the uh, going into the top 40 now. And number 40 is a ride that I don't think gets enough love at Cedar Point. But Janine and I just love it. And it's Gatekeeper right there in the front of the park. It is a wing coaster by a B&M. Not many wing coasters, so it's definitely unique on that end there. But we love the overwing drop where when you're dropping, you're twisting and you're kind of flying through the air there. It's got the um, the head chopper moments and stuff like that. It's wide. And I love the fact that when we go to the park, we usually kind of go to the middle first. And then while everybody goes past you know, the front, then you go back in the afternoon and you can get on Gatekeeper a lot. And I remember we did an event at uh, Cedar Point, Janine, myself, and uh, Devin, 
And uh, we really, it was funny, we kept going back to Gatekeeper. We were like, oh, let's do Rougarou. Okay, let's go back to Gatekeeper. Oh, you know what? We really should do Raptor. Hey, let's go back to Gatekeeper. Hey, we really need to do Maverick. Hey, let's go back to Gatekeeper. We kept going back to Gatekeeper because it's just a really great ride. And personally, I love certain elements, and you're going to see that later on in this uh, podcast. But for me, that overwing drop is just something that really gets my blood going. I just love it so much. Uh, so, Gatekeeper is at number 40, and you know what? Number 39 is another coaster It's probably, in most people's list, isn't going to be as high as this at 39, but when we go to Hershey Park, Great Bear is just a ride we always feel like we need to get on, and the main reason for it is, it's because it's so unique. Um, you know, we've ridden a lot of invert co- uh, coasters, a lot of B&M inverts, and you can tell that Great Bear... They, B&M came into Hershey Park, looked at the space that was available, and created Great Bear just for that space. Now, is it the most intense? Not even close. It's got a couple of neat elements. It's, it flies through the hollow. It's got, you know, Inelman, that kind of stuff there. But it's not as intense as a lot of the other, um, you're going to see there's, there's a lot of inverts in the next uh, 30, 35 that are coming through. And Great Bear is not that. For me, Great Bear is, I just want to have a good ride. And that's the thing with Great Bear. You never really have a bad ride. Front row, back row, doesn't really, it's always a solid, fun ride. And that's why Great Bear is in our top 40. At number 38 is a ride that it's been way too long since I've ridden it. It's over at Holiday World, which is high on my list in 2024 to get back to. Um, Not just for Voyage or Raven and all these, but also for Thunderbird. Now, Thunderbird is still, I believe, the only launch um, wing coaster in the United States. Now, rumor has it that might change at King's Dominion, but the reality is that this ride is really unique, and the theming is second to none. It's over there in the Thanksgiving section, which, let's be honest, when you have Christmas, July 4th, Halloween, you'd be surprised that Thanksgiving is probably my favorite section at that park. But between the voyage, uh, the food I mean, if you're looking for a turkey dinner, there's no other place to go than um, Holiday World. Uh, every day, you can have turkey dinner and then fall asleep because the tryptophan. But Thunderbird, really, definitely another short ride. I noticed that a lot of this, the uh, launch coasters that I like tend not to be long rides. But uh, this one is just unique because you got well, probably the best head chopper uh, moment that we that I've ever had uh, going through the barn at the end. But also the fact that you're launching out and the vibrations, it's just a really solid ride. And I think it's, I wouldn't say it's not appreciated, but you always hear about Raven. You always hear about um, <clears throat> good old uh, uh, The Voyage. But you never really hear much about Thunderbird. And they got a new uh, ride coming this year. It's a family ride. And it's uh, themed after uh, Turkey Dinner. So <clears throat> how cool is that, right? Sorry about that. We always try to take, um, you know, we always try to do a one take when we do the podcast. My voice is a little bit shot, so I apologize if I sound a little raspy right now, but <clears throat> it's been one of those things where you kind of find the cold um, or buried in snow right now, so. But with that, number 38 is Thunderbird. Number 37 is probably one of our least favorite RMCs, but it's number 37, so how bad can it be? And that's over at Kentucky Kingdom Storm Chaser. Now, we like Storm Chaser, a lot more the second time we rode it. Now, this was a ride that we did the first time uh, when we went to um, 
uh, Kentucky Kingdom. And that was before we knew that you wanted to ride RMCs in the back. So we weren't really blown away. But you know what? That all changed the second time we went to Kentucky Kingdom two years later because we, I know I marathoned this thing and I fell in love with Storm Chaser. Uh, it's got some great airtime. It's got, uh, it's very, it's one of the shorter RMCs, but it's not like Wicked Cyclone, which is really short uh, over at uh, Six Flags Over Georgia. But it's a smaller one, kind of like on the same level of Twisted Timbers. But this was the first time I ever experienced the barrel roll drop. And let me tell you, to this day, that is my favorite element. The overwing drop uh, is also up there, but the barrel roll drop is just a lot of fun. Really enjoy it, and it's just fantastic. Number 36 is, if you're talking about a unique coaster that you see nowhere else in the United States... Well, that has to be Time Traveler over at Silver Dollar City. And this one, we only got on it once because we went the first year it came. I'm actually looking right here. I got a baseball uh, on my desk here with Time Traveler. Uh, you usually don't see baseballs as a um, um, marketing tool, but it definitely worked. But if you're not familiar with this, this is a spinning coaster, but not a spinning mouse. This is one where you actually have a vertical drop when you come out. You've got launches, you've got inversions. It's something you've never seen before. And the location of this on the side of a mountain over at Silver Dollar City, you couldn't ask for a better place. Now, why is it 36? Why is it not top 20? We only got one ride on it. We got the front row, which was good, uh, which actually it's funny because you're facing the front row. And then as soon as you pivot, as soon as they turn it on, you're dropping backwards, which is a unique experience when you're spinning. But it's kind of got that thing, kind of like a lot of these, that it's been a while since I've been there, so they're not as prominent in my head as a lot of these other guys. But Time Traveler, definitely um, first or second uh, ride over at the park. It's a lot of fun. It's a totally different experience. Definitely need to check it out. Number 35 is a ride that some people love and some people loathe. And I kind of, eh, when it comes to Maverick over at Cedar Point. Now, Janine hates this thing. Janine is not a fan of Maverick. I really enjoy Maverick, but it's got one major flaw, which drives me crazy, and that is the second launch. So, if you're familiar with Maverick, you've got, uh, you go up the hill, you've got a drop down, a vertical drop, you go through a lot of elements, a lot of quick pacing. The pacing is so fast on this thing. And you're flying left, flying right, flying left, flying right. Then you go underneath the station where you come to a stop. And then it launches you out. Really intense launch. It's up there with uh, Storm Runner. One of the most intense launches I've ever been on. And then you bank to the uh, left real quick. And then you hit a trim break going up a hill. And it literally kills all the momentum. You go from launching out for a second run to being pretty much stopped at the top of the hill before you drop. And it drives me nuts because, yes, I understand G-forces, and yes, I understand that if they don't do that, you'll probably fly off the track, the train's going to break, there's going to be issues. But it just seems like you have that second launch with such an intensity for it to, seconds later, be completely neutered just really bugs me, and that's why it's number 35. Now, why is it as high as 35? Is because every other element this ride is fantastic. Um, just the quickness of the turns and the inversions are snappy. 
everything's really intense. This that fatal flaw they have, um, where you lose all the momentum, just it, it really sticks in my crawl. At number 34, this one's kind of a unique one here. We're going back to the classics here. It's actually Jackrabbit at Kennywood. Now, when I first started going to Kennywood, you always heard about how great Jackrabbit was. And when I wrote it, I was extremely disappointed. But then, as I became more and more of an enthusiast, I realized how unique this Jack, because there's a lot of Jackrabbits. There's one at Seabreeze and there's a couple other ones. The fact that this Jackrabbit works with the contours of the land and gives you that double down, I believe it is, the double down that really flies you. It might even be a triple down. It's been a little while. We didn't get there uh, in 2023. But the fact that you get such airtime on such an older ride kind of reminds me of uh, Skyliner that we talked about in the last one where it's an eh, eh ride, but you get that one moment of just incredible airtime on Skyliner. And here you got the double down, the, the triple down, whatever it is where you are bouncing around in your seat. And the fact that it's not that high off the ground, it's what, 40 feet off the ground at the most, and they get that kind of airtime, really makes this a unique and a must-ride coaster. Now, of course, Kennywood, when it comes to wooden coasters, Racer, Thunderbolt, and of course, uh, Jackrabbit, they take care of their stuff. They take care of it well. So, not you know, some of these rides, you're like, yeah, you better get on it before it disappears. No fear of that with Jackrabbit. Jackrabbit's going to be around for decades after I'm gone. So, so that's number 34. Number 33 is a ride that I'm hoping to get back on in the next couple weeks. And that is Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Shellraiser or TMNT as people call it there over there at Nickelodeon uh, Universe at American Dream. Now American Dream is uh, pretty much uh, right by the Meadowlands. So if you're a sports fan, uh, that's where the Giants play, the Jets play and all that stuff. And it's a giant mall. But they've got a water park, which is fantastic. Uh, we're hoping to get some filming in there this year. And, of course, they've got Nickelodeon Universe. Now, this is, I still believe it is the steepest drop in the world. And the fact that it's themed after Ninja Turtles is kind of unique. But uh, this one is a really good ride all around. Now, you got that vertical drop, and I love the fact how they hang you there. And if you look straight ahead, you're looking at the New York skyline. Very good. Um, that's about as close as I want to get to New York. And, you know, it's, it's got that, but the whole thing about it is that might be the marquee part, but the rest of it, it's a really solid ride. You, you got a lot of uh, airtime, you got a lot of twists and turns, you got, uh, I'm trying to think, I think there is an aversion. Uh, so it's got a lot of different elements to it. Now, the negative with this ride, it's an indoor coaster. Why is it running so rough? Now, I haven't been on it in two years, but I was shocked with how rough of a ride this was. It really bounced you around a lot. And that's why it's not higher up on the board is it shouldn't be that rough at that age. So that's why it's number 33. <clears throat> now, number 32 is a ride I went into to get the credit. I was like, I'm going to go. I'm going to get the credit. I'm going to wait in line. Oh, my God, this line's so huge. I'm going to wait in line, get the credit. And when I got off it, I was really impressed. And that is also at Universal Studios Islands of Adventure. And it's Hagrid's Magical Creature Motorbike Adventure, blah, 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 blah. It's a long name. Hagrid's. And this, if you're not familiar with it, is part of the Harry Potter chain. Uh, it's over in the Harry Potter world. It's actually what replaced um, the dragon rides, uh, flying dragons and fighting dragons 
which are the only P&Ms that have ever been basically taken out, uh, which is a bummer because they were interlocking inverted coasters. But they replaced it with Hagrid's. <coughs> they replaced it with Hagrid's, which is a neat little themed ride. You got the motorbike and then you got the sidecar. So, you know, sometimes you're on a motorbike, sometimes you're on a sidecar. It alternates, all that kind of stuff there. But it's actually a really good ride. It's well-themed. Uh, when you're in the queue, they know you're going to have a huge line. So when you're in the queue, they uh, definitely entertain you. I don't know anything about Harry Potter. I don't I, I don't think I've ever watched a complete movie of Harry Potter. And God knows I've never re- read any of the books. I know enough to understand who the people are. But when I got to this... It, it kind of told you the whole story, which was nice. Well-themed. But the ride itself, uh, first of all, like I said, it, you're on motorbikes. So the freedom you have is kind of like a moto coaster kind of thing there or stampede, uh, steeplechase, uh, where you've got a lot of freedom to move around on, but you're secure. And then you add in the launches. You add in the uh, elements, the theming. <clears throat> Just a really solid ride. It was a ride I had no desire to really ride. I went there just to get the credit. And I got off it thinking, wow, this is a really good ride. And it's such a good ride that it's number 32 out of 360-some rides. So that is a nice, pleasant surprise. Number 31 is also at Kentucky Kingdom. I haven't ridden this in such a long time that I can't... I tried to get the Kentucky Kingdom this year. And what ended up happening was we had frigid weather when I was there in June... And it was rainy. It was actually like borderline sleet. It was so weird. Um, And I ended up being like, okay, I can be washed out at Kentucky Kingdom and not get on roller skate, not get on any rides. Or if I head east, I could actually get to Camden Park. And we ended up going to Camden Park, uh, which no offense to Camden Park, but none of your rides made this list. But so Lightning Run, not Lightning Racer, Lightning Run is a very unique ride. Uh, it's a looping coaster that is uh, it's nice and blue. It's the other marquee ride at Kentucky Kingdom. And it's just a really unique ride. I don't think they've made another one. I know the company that made it only made like one, maybe two. I Rumor has it Hot Wheels, uh, the Mattel one that's going up in, I believe, in uh, Arizona. It's going to be kind of the same thing as this. But really, Lightning Run is just a solid you look at the stats and you're like, there's no way this is going to be a top ride. Not that tall, not that fast. But the way they built it really is second to none. So number 31, Lightning Run. Just got to get the Kentucky Kingdom and enjoy that. Number 30 is another inverted coaster. This one is, every time I get on this thing, because uh, I've been to uh, Carowinds a few times now, and every time I get on this thing, I just get more and more impressed with it. And I still think it's... Yeah, you got Fury there, but I really love Afterburn. And that's what I'm talking about here is Afterburn. It was originally themed to Top Gun. But, uh, of course, when it no longer became a Paramount Park and became a Cedar Fair Park, which is now a Six Flags Park, um, they changed it to Afterburn. And this one is just a nice, intense inverted coaster. So while Great Bear is a inverted coaster that kind of relaxing, it, it kind of it flows, this one... It's got some elements, it hits you fast, it hits you hard, but it's a unique layout. Uh, It's got a tunnel, it's all the way in the back of the park, 
So when you're walking in Carowinds, you're heading all the way in the back. Uh, they actually have a second entrance there to make it easier to get to the water park. That's actually easier to get to this ride than it is to go from the front. But not much I can say about it. Just great element. It's spread out really good. Um, it's got a lot of kickback. It's got a lot of snappiness to it. Just a really great B&M coaster, which is why it's at number, th- uh, number 30. Number 29 is uh, probably our favorite uh, flying coaster, which is over at SeaWorld Orlando, and that is Manta. Now, <clears throat> when I think of Mantas, they're, they're Manta Rays, all right? You think gliding through the water, almost like they're like flying, floating through the water. And that's what I thought Manta would be, another great bear. This thing is crazy, and this is one of the few rides that I have ever grayed out on. I did the back row at the end of the night on Manta, and their pretzel roll hit me with such G-forces that I grayed out. I hardly ever gray out. It actually scared me how intense that was, Um, so much so that when I went with my friend this year, I'm like, I gotta kind of pay attention. She said I overhyped it, but the fact that... um, I almost grayed out on this. Really shows you the intensity of this. And it's got that iconic thing at the end where you're swooping over the water and the water jets go off. Just a beautiful layout. Everything about Manta is great. It's, it literally is as soon as you walk in. Uh, well, that's changing now because, of course, uh, they've got the, the newer coasters and stuff. But uh, at one point, this is what greeted you when you walked into SeaWorld was Manta. And number 28 is another Giga Coaster. This one does not get love, and I don't know why it doesn't get love because it's such a good ride, and it's Orion over at King's Island. Now, the last Giga before this was Fury. So I think people were like, oh, what are they going to do to top Fury? Well, here's the thing. People look for different aspects, and Fury's a greatest hits album when it comes to uh, elements. Meanwhile, Orion is built for speed, And it's built for some airtime. And it does both very well. It towers over that section. Now, don't get me wrong. When they got rid of Firehawk, kind of hurt because there's not that many left. There's only, you know, that's a Flying Dutchman flying coaster. So when they got rid of Firehawk, which is also a Geauga Lake ride, so the thing survived Geauga Lake, goes to King's Island, and then, you know, less than a decade later, or maybe a decade later, they get rid of it, but they replaced it with a marquee ride. So I implore you, go to King's Island, get on Orion, and judge it for yourself. Because if you listen to the enthusiasts, all they're going to say is, it's not Fury, it's not as good as Fury. Fury and I-305 are so much better. doesn't matter. It's a great ride. It's a fantastic ride. It's something, yes, they have Diamondback, but Diamondback is all about ejector air. Meanwhile, Orion is more about speed and floater air. And so they're totally different rides. And uh, I just highly implore you, go to Kings Island, definitely check out Orion. And number 27 was, was our 200th coaster. And this is a classic coaster. This is one that every enthusiast needs to be on if you haven't already. And if you haven't been on it already, I, can I really call you an enthusiast? And that's the Coney Island Cyclone. Um, over there running Brooklyn, uh, right along the water. Uh, it's actually got its own pier, so it's not quite Luna Park, um, but it is a great, great ride. Uh, this is one of the most iconic winning coasters in the world. So 
If you're an enthusiast, you got to get there. you got to get on this ride. It's number 27 out of 360-some. So it definitely um, it, it lives up to it. Now, there is some negatives. And one of the negatives is they never have a full train. Maybe on a Saturday in July, you get the full trains. So I've only ever been in the first car, second car. I've never been in the back. I would love to check it out in the back. But they are real sticklers to front and filling in each row. So even if you're like, I want the back, you're not getting the back unless it's a full train. So with that in mind, love to see how this is in the back row, but I never really get that chance uh, because we'll usually go on Wednesday, Thursdays, Tuesdays, and stuff like that. Number 26, we're at the midway point here. This is going to be a long episode, people. But at number 26 is a ride that a lot of enthusiasts think is the best at Hershey Park, my home park, and that is Skyrush. Now, Skyrush is definitely a ride that uh, Hershey Park did not anticipate getting. Now, what do I mean by that? Hershey Park likes to seatbelt people in. Uh, their RMCs got way too many handles. The uh, Candemonium, even though it's a clamshell, has a seatbelt. So for them to have one of the most intense coasters on the planet, and the fact that they never worked with Intamin again afterwards, kind of tells you that they did not anticipate what Skyrush was going to become. Skywash is kind of a hybrid. It's kind of winged out, but it's on the track. But it's all about injector air, people. If you love flying out of your seat, Skyrush is for you. Now, it's number 26 for me because that's not what I really um, look in look for when I um, go to ride. Like, when I go to Hershey Park and I go there a lot, there's some rides I always got to get on. Wildcats Revenge, Great Bear I try to get on, uh, Storm, Runner, uh, yeah, Storm Runner and stuff like that. Skyrush is not one that I always rush to get on, but it definitely brings the crowd. It brings all the milkshakes to the yard here. And uh, because of that, uh, I definitely love Skyrush. If I'm in the mood for flying out of my seat, God, yeah, I jump on Skyrush. But uh, it's number 26 right outside the top 25 uh, just because sometimes you want the intensity. As I get older, sometimes I don't. Now, number 25, we're in the 25 people here. And once again, if you uh, like what we're doing here, make sure you uh, check out our YouTube channel. Our YouTube channel's got shorts. So you got every five, um, um, sorry about that. You got every five um, coasters is shorts. And then we are going to be dropping uh, part one and part two. Uh, not as in-depth as when I'm talking about each coaster here. It's going to be like the coaster and then a bullet point. Then move on to the next one because I don't want a two-hour video there. But uh, podcast, a little more free-forming and stuff like that. But uh, definitely make sure you're uh, following us because we're doing weekly podcasts, uh, different subjects. Uh, definitely we're going to be talking a lot more about our trips in 2024 and then going back into the past. But um, definitely make sure you like and subscribe our YouTube channel. So number 25 is a ride that I know the enthusiasts right now are just going to be shaking their head going, what? Wait, this is ahead of Skyrush? But it's an amazing ride. I ride it. 10, 20 times a year the last two years. And it's such a good ride that I almost never got on. And this ride is Silver Comet over at Niagara Amusement Park. Yes, this ride actually made my top 25. Now, hear me out. If you're not familiar with Niagara, it used to be called Martin's Fantasy Island, and it was supposed to be plowed over. When um, Aerie started going to college up in that area... I remember driving to her school and um, seeing 
um, this on the side of the road and being like, what the heck's that? Why is there a Ferris wheel sticking out there? And I did research and I found out about Martin's Fantasy Island. Well, just like Clementon Park, it was, it was dead. It was left for dead, going to be auctioned off. Gene Staples came out of nowhere, saved Niagara, saved Clementon Parks, saved Indiana Beach. The man is a legend. You got to support these parks, by the way. Uh, Clementon, there's no reason why Clementon should, that water park should be filled every weekend. Uh, Niagara, what else are you going to do? You can only look at the falls so many times. Check out Silver, uh, Silver uh, Comet and all their other attractions there too. Now, when it comes to Silver Comet, um, they got this thing up and running really fast. Now, you got to remember, this thing was sitting abandoned and it's a wooden coaster. It's got a steel frame, but it's a wooden coaster. This thing was sitting abandoned for years. There was people breaking in and doing what idiots do, you know, um, tagging things and breaking things and all that stuff. So the fact that within one year, Silver Comet was going was a testament to how great they were. But the maintenance people at Niagara, the fact that they not only got this thing going, but this thing is so much smoother than 90, 95% of the wooden coasters I'm on. You got Predator down the road, and it's so much better than Predator in its smoothness, even with the Titan track. And the fact that they got this thing up and running, kudos. Now, that doesn't put it in the top 25. What puts it in the top 25 for me is the layout is fantastic. There's airtime, there's speed, there's laterals. Um, there's really not a bad spot on this coaster. I've ridden the front, I've ridden the back. I, I mean, the good, the fact that there's not crowds at Niagara allow me to marathon this and, you know, jump around different seats and test it. But really, this ride, you got to get on it because here's the sad thing that the reality is Gene Staples can save the parks, but the people need to support the parks. And my fear is in the next year or two, if the support is not there at Niagara, he's not going to keep investing and it may close again. And a ride like Silver Comet may not be, and Hellcat over at Clementon may not be around in five years, not because they're bad rides, but because the people in the area are not supporting it. So get on Silver Comet 2024. If you're going to Darren Lake, if you're going to Canada's Wonderland, if you're going to Niagara Falls, you got to stop by Niagara. It's right there. It's a quick in and out. And there's so many things to do. They got a small water park. They've got uh, the kids section's amazing. They got mini golf. Definitely check out our channel, 125 Roller Coaster. And you'll see a lot about Niagara because I do love going there and I love supporting this park. But the marquee ride, number 25, is Silver Comet. At number 24, I just, uh, in December, Kylie, Ryan, and myself, we headed out to Busch Gardens Williamsburg. And the only ride we were able to get on because the crowds were crazy was Rebolton. And that's a good thing because we love Rebolton. Now, Rebolton, uh, if you're not familiar, uh, it's got a couple of hidden little tricks there. It's indoors, it's outdoors, it's a launch. Uh, it's it's a ride that really gives you so many different things. It's Kylie's favorite ride at Busch Gardens Williamsburg. And it's just a great ride. And I love the fact that it's where uh, Big Bad Wolf used to be in that section in the back of the park. And I love the fact that the final thing you got with Verbolton is flying over the water just like Big Bad Wolf used to do. So Verbolton, not going to say much about it. There's a couple little tricky things that are great. I don't want to ruin it here. No spoiler alerts. 
But definitely, um, if you're going to Busch Gardens Williamsburg, going to Griffin, going to Pantheon, going on a lot of the, you know, uh, Alvin Geist and stuff like that, make sure you throw Verbolton on there too. Number 23 is a ride that, the fact that it's number 23, I'm going to get some hate for. But the reality is I only got two or three rides on it five years ago. It's over at Holiday World. It's the Voyage. Uh, one of the longest um, wooden coasters in the world. Um, second only to the Beast, I think. And it's one of the marquee rides, uh, especially for wooden coaster enthusiasts, is the Voyage. Now, I'm not going to say much about it because I need to get on it. Never did a night ride. But I'm hoping... It won't be in purgatory here in the 20s uh, after 2024 because it's either going to be, wow, that really is amazing and it's going to move up or it's going to be like, you know what? Yeah, my assessment's right. Maybe it's a number 40. But Voyage is there. A lot of people love Voyage. That's why it's on the list. Number 23, 22 is actually a ride that a lot of people take for granted. And uh, it's over at uh, our, well, it was our home Six Flags Park, uh, Great Adventure. Now it's uh, no longer. But it's Nitro. Now, Nitro, I've been on a few uh, hypercoasters beforehand. But Nitro is what I considered, um, until Candemonium came, to be my home hypercoaster. And it's an older one. I mean, this is not a spring chicken. This has been around for a while. But what's great about Nitro is it's a very consistent ride. You got the airtime. You got the turn. You got you know, the speeds there. It's just a ride that's reliable. It's another one of those rides that if I'm not in the mood for the intensity of an El Toro or something like that, I jump on Nitro and I just have a great ride. Never had a bad ride on Nitro. That's why it's one of our top hypers. It, it It's a, you know, like a modern one. No, it's old school, but it definitely is one that you definitely have to add to your list. Number 21 at one point was our number one coaster. And we haven't been there in a few years. It's Dollywood. It's Lightning Rod. And I don't know where to put it now because what made it so unique with the wooden uh, launch, it was a wooden coaster with a launch, um, is we got to ride it when it was wood on wood. And I know a year or two ago, they, they, uh, they changed the launch to um, you know more steel to make it more supportive. And now they're totally redoing lightning rod. So I don't know where it's going to be. So it's kind of hanging out at 21 because until I get the Dollywood, which is yet again on our list for 2024, I don't know where to put it because the ride experience I had before that made it number one and made it top 10. Well, that's gone forever. So I don't know what I'm walking into. Uh, I would actually, if they're going to change any of the layout, if they keep the layout, keep the name, just a little different there. But if they start changing the layout at all, they shouldn't just give it a new name uh, because it's not the same ride. But with that being said, I'm keeping that 21. It's notice that this area here with Voyage and Nitro and Lightning Rod are kind of the purgatories. Okay, they can go up or they could go back. They're kind of just hanging out there. But number 20, there's nothing wrong with number 20. Number 20 to this day is still my ringtone, which freaks people out all the time. And that is Banshee over at Kings Island, which is no longer my number one inverted coaster, but it's still one of my favorite. It's probably my favorite theme of any coaster. And yes, I've been to Disney. And yes, I've been to Universal. I still love the theme of Banshee so much more. Uh, I love the fact that they play off their history. And, um, you know, with that being the area of, um, 
you know, Son of Beast, uh, the graveyard theme. I love the scream when it drops. And it's just a great ride. It's got, and it flows. What I really like about it is you've got Great Bear, which it flows, but it's not really intense. And you've got um, Afterburn, which is bam, 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 intense, intense, intense. And you've got Banshee, which is we're going to nail that element. Then we're going to swoop down, and then we're going to nail another element. Then we're going to flow over here. It's a nice little, it feels like, and it is like one of the newest, like the latest uh, inverted coasters. It, it feels like they knew what they were doing, and they created the perfect in, invert for that. Now, here's something that's very unique. We hardly ever have rides right next to each other from the same park, but... Right after Banshee at number 20 is our top GCI, which is um, Mystic Timbers. Now, Mystic Timbers, same kind of thing with Banshee. Um, you know, Banshee's got some, some stats that are very impressive with the vertical loop and the length and all that. But when it comes to Mystic Timbers, you look at the stats and you're like, oh, okay. But the way they designed Mystic Timbers in that area, it's got, it's just, it's almost the perfect winning coaster. It's got a great, it's got a curved drop. It's got airtime. It's got speed. And then I actually like the shed. Yeah, I understand that it's a gimmick. And to be honest with you, they probably shouldn't have focused so much on the shed as a um, marketing tool. But let's be honest, it's nice and cool inside there. So if you're there in July, you're not sweating. You got something to the watch while you wait to uh, go back into the station because, you know, it's not a long ride. So you're going to spend time on the brake run. So instead of sitting there on the brake run, at least you got something to entertain you. But what makes it Mystic Timber so up in this list isn't the shed. It's just the flow of it. It literally feels like I'm skiing when I'm on this thing. It's slalom back and forth, back and forth, back and forth, which is a great, um, I love that feeling where you're just kind of skimming off the boards um, most people agree it is the best GCI and I tend to be on that uh, bandwagon number 18 is at Hershey Park and it is one of our highest ranked Hershey Park rides which I'll be honest with you when you make this list you kind of look at it you're like really? number 18? that one's number 18? it's got a horrible name Candymonium who named this thing and why is it one of my top uh, you know, hyper coasters. And when Candymonium opened, <clears throat> I was, I was underwhelmed. I'm going to tell you, I was underwhelmed. Um, after Mako and some of these other ones, I expect them to have a lot more bells and whistles. It literally feels like Hershey was like, yeah, we're going to stick with the budget. So you can cut that. And yeah, you can probably cut that too. We don't, yeah, we don't want to spend that much money, but the more I ride Candemonium, the more this is uh, pretty much supplanted uh, Nitro as my go-to hyper in the area. And it's because um, in the middle of the train, you literally, your butt does not touch your seat. You get, it's probably one of the best floater air coasters I've ever been on. And like I said, you, most people run to the front, most people run to the back. If you're in the middle of the train... And after the turnaround and you start coming back, your butt does not hit the chair again until 
you're at the brake run. You're literally floating the entire time. And it's just an amazing feeling. I get to ride this a lot because um, it's in my home park. And because it's in my home park, I get a lot more rides. But Candemonium, don't miss it. Uh, it's easy to be like, I'm going to Sky Rusher. I got to go to Wildcat and I got to I gotta do this. I got to do this. And there's so much to do. And one of our uh, latest videos that we did was Must Rides at Hershey Park. And there's so much to do with that park, people. It's it's not that was not an easy video to cut things down to six. And the truth be matter, you don't you, you got to do at least three days at Hershey Park. But you got to make sure Candemonium is on that uh, to do list. All right. Number 17 is the exact opposite of Candemonium. I love how sometimes these things pan out. And that is um, I-305, Intimidator 305. Now, while Candemonium is all about the uh, floater airtime and um, Skyrush is all about the ejector air, so you got got those mirrors there, um, I-305 really makes Skyrush its bitch, uh, in my opinion there. The intensity of that, that's the only other ride that I really remember graying out on a lot. The drop, the speed, how you're low to the ground, the quick transitions. I really love I-305. Now, my fear is I'm getting older. And uh, no, eventually, my body's not going to be able to handle I-305. Uh, and, and yet again, it's kind of that whole situation where Intamin's like, we're really going to push this. And the park's kind of like, eh, we kind of just want people to ride it. Uh, so I kind of see I-305 as having the same uh, issue that Skyrush has, where it's like the enthusiasts love it, but the general public's kind of like, yeah, no. I remember when I was GP uh, 10, 15 years ago, I remember looking at that thing going, yeah, go ahead, kids, have fun. And literally, I sent the kids off to ride it, and I sat down and had ice cream or something. I, I, I went on the bench. Now, every year, I try to go on it two or three times. Um, basically to check my health, you know, Hey, if I'm good, if I'm strong enough to do I through a five, I'm, I should be good this year. I don't really need to go to the doctors. Now, number 16 is still the best ride at Dorney park. Uh, Iron Madness. I, I don't know if Iron Madness will beat Talon, the grip of fear, uh, when it comes to it, because there's only so much you can do with a dive coaster, but Talon is one of those rides that is easy to miss. But really should not. I mean, people flock to Steel Force because, oh, look how tall it is. And people go to Hydro because they're like, oh, that's very unique and stuff like that. But Talon, Talon to me is a marquee ride there. Um, the intensity is great, but it flows. Um, it's got some iconic turns. Because if you think about it, it's in a real narrow space. It, it basically borders the water park and the dry park. And it's, it's a great border because it basically cuts off you only have access from two areas. But if you look at the width of it, it really just runs back and forth two or three times. And in that time, it has so many elements, uh, vertical loops, it's got uh, corkscrews, it's got inline twists, the whole nine yards, that I just, you know, when it comes to inverts, there's different elements they do, and they basically do the same elements, but they do them in different orders. And I really think Talon's order is the best way to do what they do. And yet again, if you're at Dorney Park, it is by far the best ride to go to. All right. All right. Now that takes us to number 15. We're in the top 15, people. The, every one of these rides is world class. 
wow, I have a dong. Did not know I had a dong here. But um, I might use that later on in uh, some podcasts. Like, you're wrong, Bing. But number uh, 15 is over at Six Flags over Georgia. And it is another hyper coaster. Notice I like these hyper coasters. And this is Goliath. And yet again, going into this, I was all excited for um, the RMC and um, you know Blue Hawk really knocked my socks off and all that. But Goliath, I just love this ride. This has speed. It's got uh, turns and twists. It leaves the park. It comes back into the park. Uh, there's bunny hills. Really, it's a it's an amazing ride. Uh, even though Candemonium is my favorite at Hershey Park, there are some uh, hypers that are definitely ahead of it. And uh, Goliath, like I said, that's I, I am planning on going back down to Georgia because I got to get on Airy Force. Uh, that's the one I always sit back. I'm like, I really got to get on Airy Force because that's one that could definitely possibly beat some of my top rides. Um, so with that being said, uh, Goliath, it's an overused name with Six Flags. They really need to get you know, some new licenses and stuff. But that is definitely, I love the color scheme, uh, the orange and blue. Uh, but it's just a great ride. Uh, it's got the intensity. It's got uh, floater air. It's got ejector air. It's got a little bit for everyone. Highly recommend it. Now, number 14 is a ride that used to be in my top five. And yet again, things change. Things drop down. And the last time I went, it was a great ride. Don't get me wrong. Uh, we went to Six Flags New England. Uh, uh, Janine and I actually did like a full day there, like open to close. And, uh, and drove back. It was kind of scary driving back. But Wicked Cyclone is just... It is a small mini Steel Vengeance. Yes, I'm going to say that. It's a small mini Steel Vengeance. Uh, it doesn't have the stats of a Steel Vengeance, but the reality is this thing definitely flies. Uh, the last, it, it goes around three times in that last circuit. You can tell it, it loses a lot of its pop, but all in all, just a really great ride. It's one that, um, that and Superman are the reason to go to New England. And it's it's such a confined area that the fact that they were able to build this um, is very impressive. And yet again, theming's great. Um, there's always a line, but it's always worth it. Just a real solid ride is a Wicked Cyclone over at Six Flags New England. Now, number 13, Lucky 13, is a ride that originally not really impressed with. But every time I go to this park and I ride it, it moves up the list. And that is Diamondback. So Diamondback, the one negative I have with Diamondback is the weird configuration with the seats. Most uh, rides, two, 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 or four straight across. Diamondback's got, if you're counting one, two, three, four going across the board, the front part, each train has four seats, but it's two and three, and then one and four. So if you're in the front, you're over the track. If you're in the back row of the train, uh, of the uh, the section, the four-seat area, you're on the wing. But I wasn't a big fan of that, but I really started to enjoy it more and more uh, with Diamondback. It's got a great splashdown. This one is all ejector air. So when people always say, well, why did they uh, get Orion? All it is is a 100-foot taller um, you know, Diamondback. No. Just like with Hershey Park. Candymonium is nothing like Skyrush, even though they got the same stats. Same thing here. Diamondback is all ejector air. It's all about flying out of your seat, bouncing your left, bouncing your right, splashing down the whole nine yards, while Orion is all about floater air and speed. So, you know, even though 
you know, they, they have different things. Diamondback, like I said, it grows on me every time. It's been a solid ride. It's always in my top 20 now. And it's one of the marquee rides I got to get to when I go to Kings Island. Number 12 is a ride. So if, you're, if you've been following us for the last five years, we've been doing Simply the Best for a while. And the one on number 12 was a top 10 ride and then dropped all the way like 80 or 90 at one point. It really got knocked out. It was in bad shape. But this year I rode it and uh, it's Alpengeist over at Busch Gardens Williamsburg. And it was insane, people. It was insane. So you know that there's trim brakes on coasters. And most rides, they trim. Yeah, they, they kind of knock down the speed a little bit here. Um, you know, it drives me nuts on Candemonium because I'll be getting great airtime and all of a sudden you hear when it hits and drives you nuts. But I rode Alpengeist this summer and there was no trim brake. And so I rode it with Kylie and I got on it, and every time I get on a twisty ride like that, I kind of pump up the uh, uh, relief band. It goes up to six. I usually keep it around three. I pumped up to four. And this thing was flying, people. It was insane. It was, it, you you didn't, the, uh, the, tri- the, uh, the brake run was pretty much just straight track. It did not stop you. And we got off that ride, and Kylie looked at me like scared as hell. And I just looked at her and I said, I got to get on that thing again. I've never seen an invert fly like that one flew. And I ran back and I thought, okay, yeah, it might just been that ride. Oh my God, no. I rode it three times. I had that relief band up to five. My arm was vibrating. It felt like I was having a stroke. But this ride on that day, and I found out that it was like that all summer. People were, it was just, yeah, no trim this, this year. It was insane. It was one of the greatest rides I ever had. So Alpengeist went from 88 back to number 12 because of the ride. And I'm praying that in 2024, it's going to be like that again. And the other thing, too, was it seemed smoother. Uh, I know it was getting shaky, jerky, the B&M rattle and all that. I don't know if when you're going 10 more miles per hour faster, you don't really feel the rattle because you're just trying to survive. But uh, even the one part there with the... um, um, I think, oh, what's that called? The, uh, the turnaround up there, the, uh, Cobra roll, I guess it is. Um, it usually snaps you and it, it, it hit it faster and it didn't snap you that bad. So, uh, Alvin Geist was sick and I loved every second of it. So that's why it's number 12. Number 11, just outside the top 10 is probably the greatest one coaster ever built. Uh, and I'm lucky because it's right near where I live. Uh, let me rephrase that. Greatest traditional wooden coaster ever built. And that is Phoenix at Knobles. Um, I ride it all the time. Um, like I said, I go there. I have so many tickets for my mom uh, for meals and for rides that I'll be hungry one day and be like, you know what? I'm in the mood for some bacon on a stick. And I'll drive the hour and 20 minutes up to Knobles, ride Phoenix, ride Twister, uh, sometimes get on a few of the other rides. Uh, we do a lot. If you love Knobles, our channel is definitely where you want to go. We've got so much Knobles content because it's easy for me to just go up there on a Tuesday and film. But Phoenix, yet again, there's a reason why it always wins the golden ticket for a ride with very moderate stats with height and speed and length. Uh, the airtime on that is second to none. You you just, you know, there is no seatbelt. Somehow they, they got grandfathered in where they don't have a seatbelt with you. 
but you bounce around like crazy. It's an amazing ride. Uh, if you want to know what a amusement park can build and maintain, the love and care that Knobles does with Phoenix is second to none. Guess what, people? We're an hour in, a little bit more than an hour in, and we just hit our top 10. So get ready to be pissed off. Get ready to be angry. Get ready to, you know what? I don't care what you do. This is my, my, my show, and this is what I think the top 10 are. Number 10, our top inverted coaster. Over at Busch Gardens Tampa, it is Montu. Now, Montu is looking a lot brighter than the first time I wrote it because uh, a year ago, two years ago, they gave it a nice little paint job. So when you get to the back of the park there, you're checking out Montu, it looks like a brand new coaster. But you know what? They didn't change what made Montu great. And the X factor is the theming. Now, you know me, not a big fan of theming, don't really care about theming. But when it comes to Montu, the theming enhances the ride, not because they have pretty little statues and because it looks so cool, but because of the trenches. Montu, of course, is in the Egypt section, so there's tombs. And the trenches, when you're flying in and out, you're doing loops inside trenches. You are flying through the walls of the, the trenches. And when you're in the back row over to the left-hand side if you're facing the front, you are right up against the wall. There is nothing like it. And it flies. Yeah, they do use the trim brake, but I think they really do need to use the trim brake sometimes because in that case, you could fly so much that you would kick the wall. But Montu is by far our top inverted coaster, and it's going to be hard to beat it because of the trenches. The trenches just really take it to another level. Number nine, we're still in Florida, people, and it is our top hypercoaster, and that is Mako over at SeaWorld Orlando. Yes, when I go to Florida, I really enjoy Florida. Now, Mako is probably the marquee one. It's not the newest hyper. That would be Candemonium. But the way that Mako interacts with the water, it goes over the, uh, for lack of a better word, pond I'm going to go with. Um, and the fact that every... Hill is just perfect. Like when you cross over the top, you get the floater air. When you cross over the next one, you've got the ejector air. The pacing is amazing. Um, the location's great. Mako is just, at this point, there's no other hyper that comes close to it that's been built. Uh, yeah, we love, some of them have better elements, like um, when we're talking about uh, Diamondback with the splashdown at the end. Um, yeah, that's something that's kind of cool. But if you're looking for just pure ride experience and using the location to its full potential, uh, even when you're like back at the station, you still got a little section at the end that gives you that one last little twist and turn and stuff like that. Uh, Mako was second to none. I went into it not thinking I was going to be impressed, and I left very impressed. So right there, number 10, number 9, two of the Floridas. That takes us to number 8. Number 8 is a lot of people's number 1. And I think it keeps slowly dropping down because it's been three or four years since I've been on it. And that is still Vengeance of Cedar Point. Now, for an RMC, still the greatest hits album. This thing, the way it goes in and out of the track, the structure, I don't think they're ever going to be able to beat that kind of structure because of the way Mean Streak was built. It gave you a lot of depth inside the character, uh, in, inside the coaster, the use. But the reason it keeps dropping back is 
I, it's just been a while since I've been on it. And as the memory fades, it's hard to remember how that one went. And when you when you hear the next uh, seven above it, you're going to be like, oh, that kind of makes sense. Oh, yeah, that one kind of makes sense, too. But all in all, Steel Vengeance, I'm guaranteeing when I go to Cedar Point in 2024, um, we're really going to be enjoying this. It's going to be kind of like, hey, old friend, how have you been? Uh, but that's Steel Vengeance at number eight. Number seven kind of has the same problem as number eight. It's Fury 325. Now, I've been on Fury uh, about two years ago. I believe two, maybe two and a half. Um, went, went down with Kylie, got one ride in the back, uh, only one ride, and I was holding Kylie's glasses the whole time. Uh, now she has LASIK, so I don't have to worry about that again. But it was a great ride, fantastic ride. Um, I think this year was a rough year for Fury with the cracks on the foundation, not the foundation, the uh, uh, literally it was separating from uh, one of the supports. So hopefully they get that figured out and everything gets reinforced and everything's good to go. Um, but that also tells you how crazy Fury is that it literally is beating up steel. Um, but Fury's number seven, Steel Vengeance is number eight. They can very easily be top five next year. Number six is a ride that literally loves to pull itself apart. It is our top one in coaster still. It is El Toro over at Six Flags Great Adventure. And uh, we just love this. Um, now, I haven't been on it since it's been um, redone again. So if you're not familiar, it had derailment at one point, uh, then it had a pothole the next year. So it's been two years of a lot of band-aids uh, on El Toro. Now, I think what they did was they literally redid some sections just to make sure that they don't have another problem for a while. So tip my head off to you, Six Flags. Uh, you're, you notice there's a problem. You're going to try to fix it. So I haven't been on it since um, they uh, it reopened this year. Uh, we went to Great Adventure early in the year last year, and then I went back there in June or July, but I went there for the water park. I went to uh, Hurricane Harbor. So I didn't really get on El Toro. So yet again, number six, seven, and eight could change pretty significantly next year. These are rides that have always been number one, number two, number three over the years, but they're still in the top 10, but they've been slipping back. But now that we're in the top five, every one of these coasters is a masterpiece. And number five was our number one for so many years. And I still love the ride. Um, it just, it's still a top ride for me. It's just that the other four just blow me away. And that's Twisted Timbers. Twisted Timbers is now number five. Uh, if you saw some of our live feeds, we actually have a special uh, uh, Banshee um uh, picture and we also have a um, special uh, Twisted Timbers that was made by our friend over there at uh, Coasters and Brews, uh, Gabby. Uh, but Twisted Timbers is just a great ride. It's just a fun ride. It is what an RMC can do. It stat-wise not not impressive, but it has that barrel or uh, barrel roll drop that I love so much. It's got so much ejector air that you're pouncing out of your seat the entire time. It's got a couple of twists and turns, and it's like the perfect um, length of a ride. It's, it's not too long, not too short. Twisted Timbers, pretty much perfection. Number four. This one, definitely one I, I, I need to get more rides on it. I haven't been on it that much, but every ride I have with it, and it's such a unique coaster that it has to be top five, and that's Pantheon 
over at Busch Gardens Williamsburg. Now, this proves that I'm not a big fan of theming because there's really not much theming um, compared to like Hagrid's and, um, you know, a lot of these other rides, um, you know, it, it's minimal theming. But when you have a ride that's so unique like that with the vertical spike and the triple launch and the um, uh, the stall and the whole nine yards, it is, I, I, I this one and our number two one are both Intamins that kind of copy the homework of RMC. And Pantheon is just a great ride. Uh, I want to get on it uh, at the end of the day a couple times to see how it's running when it's hot. I've only ever gotten it like early in the morning or um, in between breakdowns. But that one definitely uh, is a fantastic ride. Top ride right now at Busch Gardens Williamsburg. Number three, brand new coaster. Brand new coaster. And it's a brand new coaster at my home park. And this one, so I get to ride Wildcats Revenge a lot because I live so close to Hershey Park. So I'll stop in there, grab lunch, and ride it twice and then get out. I'm great at doing the hit and runs. And I've ridden it in the back, I've ridden it in the front, I've ridden it all over the place. And the fact that when I'm putting this together and I keep telling myself, there's no way Wildcats Revenge is top five. Yeah, it's probably top ten. But as I kept riding it and as I kept evaluating every ride, Wildcats Revenge ended up number three. Now, it does have home field advantage because I live here. But it's got... So, when you have most RMCs, they're very circular. If you look at um, Wicked Cyclone, it basically goes around clockwise or counterclockwise in that case. Um, When you have Twisted Timbers, same thing. It goes up, rolls around, goes up there. The one thing that I noticed about Wildcats Revenge is it kind of crisscrossed. Um, you have the drop, and then you kind of cut back one way, and you cut back another way, but you're kind of cutting over it. It's not a circle. It's it's a, it's a cut here, cut here. It's got the little part at the end, that which is its own little loop, and then it comes through. But it's got um, so many different elements. Uh, it's got the big stall. It's got uh, you know the uh, corkscrews. It's got the... Um, I can't remember what they call that thing at the in the beginning. You have the drop, and then you kind of over flip over yourself and stuff like that. It and it, and the pacing you slam into that break run every time. And Hershey has definitely perfected the uh, the art of getting people in and out of an RMC with the lockers and then how it boards. It's fantastic, and they do a great job with it. Wildcats Revenge. I, I know I'm going to get a lot of hate. And you're crazy. How is Wildcast Revenge above Fury? How is Wildcast Revenge above Still Vengeance? And I've already answered that question. It's because I ride Wildcast Revenge five times a week and I rode Fury once in four years. But it really is a solid ride and I'd love to get your thoughts on that. Now, the top two are obvious. Um, it's they're, they're by far the top two coasters on most people's list. Um, it just always depends on the order. And for me, number two is Velocicoaster. And um, this is, uh, I only got one ride on it, but it definitely is Intamin's RMC equivalent. Uh, very great pacing. It's got some theming, but eh, I don't care about the theming. Oh, you stuck a dinosaur here and you have a you have a screen that runs along the side. Whoopie, whoopie, do. Um, what I like about it is it's got the such intensity 
and it doesn't let up. Even at the end, when you think you're done, you got that pterodactyl roll or whatever it is. Um, just a fantastic ride. Which means, number one, for the second year in a row, is Iron Quasi over at Bush Gardens Tampa. Now, I get to ride this a lot more than I should because um, I go to Tampa about four times a year uh, for my job. And I always make sure, the last time I went, I did not go to Bush Gardens, but that was the first time that I didn't go to Bush Gardens. And it was only because three weeks beforehand I was there. Uh, this ride definitely is a different ride at night than it is uh, in the morning. Uh, not so much night, but after it's been running for a couple hours. I remember I got a early morning ride and I was like, wow, yeah, that was good. But yeah, and that was good. Okay. And then like before I left six hours later, five hours later, I got on it and I was like, oh yeah, this is still number one. Oh yeah, this bad boy's there. It's got my favorite element, uh, the the death roll, which is basically a barrel roll drop in the middle of the course. Um, it just it's got great pacing. Uh, the the elements you're always bouncing out of your seat. There's a lot of misdirection. Uh, to me, the only one that could probably come closest might be Airy Force One, which is a top ride for me to hit in 2024. So. Going to recap real quick here, the uh, top 15. So number 15 is Goliath over at Six Flags over Georgia. Number 14 is Wicked Cyclone at Six Flags New England. Number 13 is Diamondback at Kings Island. Number 12, Alpengeist over at Busch Gardens Williamsburg. He came roaring back this year. Phoenix, top wooden, classic wooden coaster at Knobles is number 11. Top 10, we got Montu. Over at Busch Gardens Tampa, we got Mako at six uh, at SeaWorld Orlando. Number eight, Still Vengeance is when you start bringing the hate people at Cedar Point. Number seven, Fury 325, if it decides not to break, at Carowinds. El Toro, also, in case it doesn't want to break, over at Six Flags Great Adventure. Number five was our formal number one, Twisted Timbers of King's Dominion. Number four, Pantheon, Busch Gardens Williamsburg. Number three, Wildcats Revenge. Over at Hershey Park. Number two, Velocicoaster at Universal Studios, Islands of Adventure. And number one for the second year in a row is Iron Quasi. So if you want to reach out to us, Instagram, Facebook, 125 Roller Coaster, TikTok, 125 Roller Coaster. If you want to see uh, a visual form of this uh, podcast, definitely check out 125 Roller Coaster at YouTube. Make sure you like and subscribe. We do a lot of stuff there. And of course, uh, if you um, enjoy this, definitely make sure that you uh, like and subscribe on whatever podcast uh, app you use, Apple Podcast, Podbean, um, Spotify, wherever you find us here. We have a lot of stuff planned. Our next episode is going to be in a week, and uh, we're going to tell you what that is when we figure it out ourselves because we're, uh, we've been working on this for a while, so we want to make sure we got this out. But once again, I'm Paul, and I can't wait to see you in the queue in 2023.